Okay. So we've, we've been having this ongoing uh, discussion for the last few weeks, kind of building today to say, hey, uh, today we're, we're just going to ask you to uh, make a decision. And the conversation we've been having is, what would it look like if you and I chose to be totally in? What, what if you and I just said, look, I, I'm, I'm going to be a fully committed, fully devoted follower of Jesus, I'm in. What would that look like? What would that require in my life? What would, what would happen uh, to me if, if I did that? And so we've been having that conversation. And uh, today, uh, in just a little while, there's going to be a moment, and, and we're going to invite you uh, to consider uh, making that decision. We're going to invite uh, people to come up and come around here and uh, grab a ribbon uh, that would represent your life, uh, represent whatever it is that would keep you from being a fully devoted follower of Christ and, and to just take it to the cross and lay it on the cross and just say, whatever that is, whatever has slowed me down, whatever kept me from being all the way in, I'm surrendering that today, I'm giving that, to, and, and I'm in. Now, now here's the deal. Um, I, I'm terrified that you and I would get, we, we'd get people who do it just because everybody else is doing it in the room. Or we would just feel some sort of weird peer pressure, and it's church, and, and I'm just going to say to you, let's just, let's just be honest together today, and let's just have a real conversation. And if you're not ready, then, then don't do it. Don't do it. And I think it's possible there are piece of people in the room who say, look, I'm already in. I'm already a fully devoted follower of Christ, and I, I've already made that decision. I'm living that decision. Well, then there's probably you know, really no reason for you to come and walk. But there's, there's a group of us in the room who know? I mean, we just know deep down in our heart. I, I need to move forward in my walk with Jesus. I, I know I've been hesitant. I know, I've, I know I haven't been living the way that I need to live, and something's got to change. And if that's you, this is your conversation today. So here's what I want us to do. I just want us to so that we make sure we do this right so we all understand what's going on. That we just kind of... We, we go back. We talk, we talk about where we started at, and we talk about what, what it would mean if you actually did this today, and, and what would that look like? So we're just going to kind of unpack some of the stuff we've talked about and then take us to where we're, we're going today. So here's the deal. We started out saying, look, uh, most of us, if we could have it our way, we, we, we'd almost like to propose an alternative form of discipleship. That what, we, it, it, what we'd like to be able to say is, look, Jesus, here's the deal. Man, I, I, I want Jesus. I, do, I, 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 want, I want enough of Jesus to bless my life. <laughs> I want enough of Jesus to make my life better. I just don't want so much of Jesus that it's inconvenient. Just look, look, I, 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 want, I want enough Jesus so that, so that my marriage is better and my kids are better. But here's the thing. I, I, I just don't think I want the sacrifice part. I, just, I don't think I want the surrendering part. See, here's the deal. If, if I could follow Christ and it not cost me anything, I'm in. I'm in. Because I'd really like to be casual in my faith. I'd like, like to. What does that look like? How do you, how do you know if, if you're a casual follower of Jesus Christ? If you're a church hopper. If you're one of those Christians that just shows up at whatever church is having the hottest new series. And, and, and you're just there, whatever, whatever, whatever's the coolest thing going, and that's, that's the church you're at on this Sunday. 
Because here's the answer. You're never going to tie yourself into a local body. I mean, you're never going to stay somewhere long enough that someone actually gets to know you. I mean, I mean, God forbid that you actually have relationships and live in community in the church and that if your life got out of line and you began to live in a way that wasn't honoring Jesus, that someone would actually know you well enough to call you out and say, look, you can't live that way. And you're never going to live in accountability. You're never going to be part of a body. You're, you're just going to be consuming the latest and the greatest sermon series. You're, you're never going to get into a church so that, so that younger Christians, people who are further behind you, can learn from you and that you can help them get further, faster because of what God's already done in your life and you're going to invest in other Christians because you're going to be off to the next sermon series. If you're a church hopper, you're a casual Christian. See, if, if, if your answer is, look, Lynn, I, I, I'm not going to serve. I, I, I'm not going to serve. I, look, I'm not. You don't get it. I, I'm an executive. I, I make, you don't even know what I make an hour. And, and you want me to work in the parking lot? You, you want me to work with kids? I'm not going to serve. See, here's the deal. If you're never going to get your hands dirty, in the kingdom, you're a casual follower of Christ. See, if, if you say, look, Lynn, here's, I, I'm a one and done Christian. See, I, I'll come in on Sunday and I'll, you know, I'll do my Sunday thing. I mean, I, I'll, you know, but I'm, I'm never going to commit to anything. I'm not going to ever take growth any further. The truth is, I hear enough in the 30-minute sermon that that's, that's enough for me. And I'm never going to be more serious about growing. I'm never going to expose myself to more Bible than that. I'm just one and done. And then you're a casual follower of Christ. See, if, if, if you're going to live the rest of your life with Jesus undercover, I mean, I mean your co-workers, the other students at your school... They're never going to know that you're a Christ follower. I mean, they, come on. It's pretty embarrassing, and they, they, they wouldn't get it, and they'd probably treat you different. And See, if you're never, never going to step up and step out about your faith, you're a casual follower of Christ. And here's, and here's what you and I have got to get in this moment. This isn't real. There, guys, there is no alternative form of discipleship. This, this, this seat, this, this place of following Jesus with no sacrifice and from, it, it doesn't exist. And, and, and as you and I try to navigate it, as you and I try to live our life from here, Jesus will never let us stay here. He will poke and he will prod and he will convict and he will push. And ultimately, you and I will have to make a decision, we'll be forced to either move closer to the cross, to get serious about this thing of following him, or you and I will do what many have done before. We, we will turn and walk away. But this isn't real. I, I, wish, I wish I could tell you in the 15 years since we started Cornerstone, how many hundreds upon hundreds of casual followers of Christ 
I've watched walk away. And here's what you got to get. It's never all at once. It's never all at once. It's always just a little bit of turning away, a little bit of no. Because you get, here's what you get. You get that every no that I give Jesus just turns my face that much further from the cross, that much further from being a disciple. And there was a moment. There was a moment they were on fire, and there was a moment they were saying, I'm doing this. But eventually, eventually it just got too hard to make it to the growth group, and so they stopped. And eventually it was just, it was inconvenient to serve, and so they didn't. They stopped attending. Not all at once, not just, you know, just a few less Sundays each month. And, and with every no, they turned away from the cross. So we're just going to have, what would it mean to go the other way? What, what, what would it mean if you and I today simply just said, look, I get it, and I'm in. I, 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 I'm going to choose this day. I'm going to choose to be in a fully devoted follower of Christ who simply says, look, I am going to do what Jesus wants me to do. I'm going to obey what he asked me to obey, or I am going to die trying. I'm in. What, what would that look like? Grab your Bibles. It's Matthew chapter 16. It's the passage that's kind of come, become the theme passage for all that we've been talking about together. We're going to unpack this a little bit, and then we're going to ask, are you in? It's Matthew chapter 16. If you're not real familiar, if you go to the back of your Bible and then work to the left, you're going to find this passage. Matthew chapter 16. Jesus describes this is a disciple. This is what it means uh, to be in. It's Matthew chapter 16, starting in verse 24. Here's what it says. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, follow me. For whoever wants to save his life, whoever says, Look, I got this plan, and I know where I'm going, and I'm going to get there, and you know, Jesus, you can come along, but I'm navigating this thing, and I'll. Whoever wants to save his life, will lose it. But whoever loses his life, whoever says, look, look, whatever I had planned, whatever, whatever I thought, what, whatever cost it's going to take for me to follow, I'll pay the cost. Who, whoever's willing to lay down his life for me, Jesus said, will find it. For what good is it, will it be for a man if he gains the whole world and yet forfeits his soul? Or, or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? And then you and I come back to the end of the passage. Jesus says, look, here it is. Here's what it takes. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. Follow me. We started, we started with the whole deny self thing. And we said, look, the number one thing, the number one thing that will keep you that will keep me from being a disciple of Jesus? Me. Me. You and I, you and I are the number one hindrance to you and I ever being fully devoted followers of Christ. I'm the biggest thing in the way. And a matter of fact, Jesus described this. He described the types of people that would never make it, that would never be able to make the commitment to being disciples. And he described them as types of soil. He said, 
here's what's going on in their hearts, and they will never truly be disciples of me. And, and what one of the people that Jesus described were people with weeds. He said, look, there, there's, there's followers of me that, that at the end of the day, they, they've, got, they've got this one sin. They've got, they've got this one place in their life that they just, they, they refuse. And they just say, look, look, here's the deal. I'll follow Jesus. I'm going to be a disciple. I'm going to go there. I'm just taking my sin with me. I, I, I am always going to be doing this. I'm always going to struggle in this area of my life. I'm always going to be captive. But it's only but I want to be a disciple. And here was, they say, look, here's, I'm going to manage it. I'm going to manage that sin. And Jesus would say, you can't. You can't. Because you can't manage weeds. And you can't manage sin. And eventually the roots will go deep enough and they'll entangle themselves around your heart enough, and you'll ultimately have to make a choice, and you'll choose sin instead of me. And guys, I, I guarantee you, I guarantee you that every one of us in the room has a sin. We all do. We've all got a favorite flavor. We, we've all got, we've all got this thing that we say, look, if, if I could, I would follow Jesus. I just... And Jesus says, look, you'll never get there. Second type of Christian Jesus described, and they, they were the rocky soil Christian. They, 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 were, they were the Christian that said, look, here's the deal. I'm going to be the 90% follower of Jesus. I, I, there's, there's a whole bunch of my life that Jesus gets. It's just, here's the deal. There, there's, just, there's some places that I'm never going to let Jesus get to, some rocky places in my heart. And, and, and no matter what he says, or no matter, that, that's just a place he cannot go, he will not have. But here's the deal. I'm going to be a 90% disciple. This is... This is the Christian who's got a habit in their life that don't, doesn't honor God. I, I don't know what it, I don't know if it's your language or the jokes you tell or the places you go for entertainment or what you do with tobacco or alcohol. And I say, look, here's the deal. I, I'm, I'm willing to follow Jesus. He just, he just can't ever go there. He'll, he'll never have that part of me. You're a rocky soil Christian. It's a Christian that says, I'll follow Jesus, I just won't ever forgive the person who hurt me. So you don't, you don't, you don't get how vile it was and how deep the betrayal and so, I, 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 I mean, I'll follow Jesus. I just won't ever forgive that individual. You're a rocky soil Christian. 
I'll, I'll follow Jesus, but he, he's never going to have my wallet. He, he's never going to own my money. You're a rocky soil Christian. And Jesus would say, look, here's the deal. I, I can't be 90% your Lord. I can't, I, I, can't be, I can't be God of everything except that one sin. Because here's, here's the deal. Ultimately, in this moment, you're declaring what you love. And, and, and ultimately, what you're saying is, Jesus, I love you, I love you, I love you. I just love my rocks more. I just love my weed most. I didn't mean it that way, but um, <laughs> my sin most. Uh, I'm, a, I'm 21, and, and Lisa and I have just gotten engaged. And uh, we're going out to buy a wedding, you know, an engagement ring. I don't got any money. I'm 21. And uh, we went shopping, 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 trying to look for the perfect ring. And it just it had to be, and we couldn't find it. And we went to store after store after store. And finally, uh, we got to the store, and they said, well, you know what? Uh, we've got this, like, unmounted diamond, this, this solitaire. And we pulled it out, and then they showed us this really uh, kind of simple mount. But it was just, and we went, that's it? That's, yeah, I mean, that's the perfect engagement. I mean, that's it. And, and, and it, it, was, it was perfect, right up until she told us the cost. And I went, <laughs> So I said, well, could, could you talk to me about payment plans? It became very, very obvious very, very quickly that they were expecting a significant down payment. I, I'm 21. I, I've blown through every penny I've ever had. And so Lisa and I are getting up and we're getting ready to leave. And I looked down at my hand and I had a ring. See, here's, here's the deal. A couple years before, I'd, I'd been working on a freight dock. And man, I'd been, I'd been making money hand over fist. And, and I'd blown it. I mean, I, I, I was buying new clothes every week. And we were living, a couple guys in this apartment. And I was buying headers for my car. Ford Granada. How many, how many in here remember Ford Granadas? Okay, the rest of you ask your parents, okay? So, Ford Granada headers. And I, I didn't have anything left to show for all that money I'd made except my ring. It was, it was so cool because it had this like honking diamond on it, and it was like totally pure diamond, and, 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 and if it was clean, I mean, the light would hit it, and all of a sudden, Star Wars, off my diamond. I mean, it was so cool to walk in the room, and, and I, I said to the guy, I said, what, what, what would you give me for this? And she went back in the back room, and she came back and she offered me pennies on the dollar. And I said, I'll do it. 
You know why? Because I, I, I wanted Lisa, every time she looked down at that engagement ring, to know that I loved her more than my ring. That I loved her more than anything else in this world. You, you get that if, that if you're... If, if you're a Christian and you're saying, look, 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 Jesus, I, th these are the things I'll never give up to you, you realize that's the one thing he wants you to give up. Because in that moment, in that moment that you take that sin that you said, look, that I, I, I will not. And when you take it and you set it at the cross, and every time from that day forward, when you get tempted, every time from that day forward, when every part of you is going, guess what Jesus knows? That you love him more than your favorite sin. See, it's the reason Jesus says, no, 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 no. I don't even really care that much about the 90% of your life you gave me. I am desperately concerned about the 10% you won't. That place in your life that you just say, you will never have that, God. And he says, I need you to bring it. Because every time, every time you choose to honor me in that last 10%, every time you write the check when you said, I would never have charged your finances, every time you turn down a date when you said, I would never have your dating life, I'll know. I'll know you love me more. It's a cost of discipleship. If anyone come after me, Jesus said, let him deny himself, take up his cross. <laughs> What's happening? Take up his cross. It means whatever assignment God has given you, no matter how unfair, no matter how unjust, no matter the fact that you didn't do anything to deserve, whatever place God puts your life in, in that place, in that assignment, do the right thing. Do the godly thing. Pick up your cross and do what's right. little gal and she's been dating her boyfriend and it started out and she was, she was pretty sure he was a believer and he said all the right things. He, you know, he went to church and matter of fact, he'd grown up in a Christian family and now things are starting to get serious and, and we're not probably very far from commitment but she's beginning to realize I, I don't think he's ever really made a decision for Christ. I, I don't think he's ever really committed his life. I, I think he thinks that walking into church makes you a Christian like walking into a garage makes you a car. And now she's going, what do I do? I've got so much time invested in this thing. I, I love him. And Jesus would say, take up your cross. Take, take whatever assignment God has brought to your life and now do what's right. Do that.
It's a guy in a marriage, and it's gotten ugly. I mean, we're fighting all the time, and it's dumb stuff, and I'm not even sure I love her anymore. And the truth is, the most miserable part of my day is walking through that door. And and if we're going to pull this, I mean, we're not talking, we're talking unbelievable amounts of work. I don't even know if we can. What do you do at a moment like that? And Jesus would say, take up your cross. Take whatever assignment I've given you and do what's right and do what honors me. That's what disciples do. This guy who's lost a job. It's the gal who's lost a job. Two years without work, and, and now finally someone's willing to hire, but it means I don't get to go to church on Sunday, and I'm, I'm going to have to drop out of my discipleship group, and, but at least for the first time in two years, I get paid. And Jesus would say, take up your cross. Do what's right to do when you haven't worked for two years. And finally, there's a job but it means dropping out of church. You know, I, th- I think the hardest cross sometimes is success. Because now all of a sudden, the 401k looks really, really good, and, and you got enough money that whatever problem you got in your life, you can probably write a check for it, and it's so easy not to lean into God. It's so easy to be your own savior and fix all of your own problems. And Jesus would say, in the midst of success, take up your cross. Do what's right when it's easy not to include God. It's when the doctor comes back and says it's cancer. And Jesus would say, take up your cross. Do whatever's right. Do whatever God would have you do. It's taking whatever assignment God has given me and doing what honors God with it. And you say, well, Lynn, wait, wait, wait a minute. I didn't cause this. I didn't, I didn't choose this. I mean, this is, this, is just, I mean, this is just wrong. No, so here's the thing. If you had caused it, if this was a result of bad decisions, if this was because you were disobedient, then it would be consequences. It wouldn't be a cross. Picking up my cross means whatever God has assigned to me, do that to the glory of God. Because here's the deal, here's the deal. It is the toughest things, it is the hardest things in my life that God uses to grow me the most. It's the cross that takes me closer to Jesus. We were just up at man camp, and the speaker up there is a guy named Brian Rillertz. He had a, he had a great illustration. Uh, he was talking about, uh, I think I got this right, he was talking about when he was a sophomore in high school, he's trying out for varsity football. And so this is pre-practice season. They're doing the weight training, and uh, Brian is in there, goes into the weight room, uh, puts 10 pounds on either side on the weights, uh, gets under the bar, <laughs> puts the bar back up, goes to get a drink. As he's walking back to the bench press, 
the weightlifting coach calls out and says, Lorenz, are you telling me you're lifting these weenie little girl weights? Pulls the 10-pounders off both sides, slides 45-pounders on both sides. Because get over here and lift this. Now he's stuck because he either goes, Coach, I can't do that. And everybody who's watching him in the weight room goes, Oh, yeah. Or he tries. And so he gets underneath the weights. And coach says three times, And if you've ever been in a weight room, and the guy's spot, they, they, they do the finger thing, and, and they're like, and, and then lets the weight down, and he can't hold. Coach goes, two more times, Loritz. And the coach goes, out the weights. Coach goes, one more time, and Lisa goes, I can't do it one more time. Coach says to him, look, Loretz, in a month and a half, you're going to be at the opening pep rally, and all the cheerleaders are going to be watching you. I can do it, Coach. <sighs> when he got done, here's what the coach said to him. Loretz, if you only lift what you've always lifted, you'll never get big. You get that there are moments in our lives that God gives you and me assignments, crosses, and they're not fair. And you and I didn't do anything to deserve them. And he simply says, look, 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 in this moment, do what's right. And do what's honors, because look, here's the deal. If you simply do what you've always done, you'll never be strong in me. You'll, you'll never bulk up and grow into a fully devoted disciple of me. Do what's right when it costs to do what's right. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, follow me. Grab your Bibles, go with me over to Luke. Luke chapter 9. Jesus describes this thing of following. Luke chapter 9, verse 57 Here's what Jesus says. says, As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go, Jesus. Jesus replied, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. This isn't what you think. He said to another man, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, ready? Let the dead bury the dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another one said, I, I, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and, and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. You almost want to go, what, Jesus? What, what, that, that, just, that just sounds harsh. I mean, 
He wants to say goodbye to his family. (laughs) You know what Jesus is trying to teach? There'll always be a good reason not to follow. See, truth is, most of the time when you and I say, no, 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 Jesus, I just can't do it. It's not practical. I couldn't go. It's not. It's you and I have usually got a good reason. And Jesus in the moment is just trying to say, look, there's, oh, there's always going to be a good reason. There will always be a good excuse why this is not the right time to follow me. There will always be a, hey, Jesus, just wait until. And, and, and then, and Jesus said, if, it's a never-ending conversation. So, so just do this. Follow me. And then let's just let the chips fall where they may. Follow me. And let, let whatever else has to get done, get done. But follow me. And let's just stop with you. Because there will always be a good excuse. Why it's not the right time to follow me. This is, huh. this is the parent who says, look, look, look. I, I'll serve. I'll serve. I will. Just let me get the kids through the soccer practice. Let, let the season get over. Jesus would say, follow me. Let the season worry about itself. Because there will always be a good reason. There will always be an excuse. Well, it's not time yet. This is the person who says, look, I, 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 I'm going to get into a discipleship group. I'm going to get into a growth group. I'm, I'm going to go to the mine, or I'm going to go to a men's group or a women's group or a Sunday school class. I'm going I'm to do it. I'm going to do it. Just wait till things settle down at work. And Jesus is saying, there'll always be a good excuse. There'll, there'll always be, follow me. Follow me. Let's let work figure out work, but follow me. This is, this is the guy who says, look, okay, okay, I'll give, but, but let me finish paying off some charge cards first. Let me, let, me, let me just get the balances down, and then I'll follow me. Because my call is never convenient. It, it'll never be the right time. There will always be plenty of other things. To follow me. So here's what we're going to do. I'm, I'm going to ask in just a few minutes for people who are going to say, look, Lynn, this, I am, I'm, I am the casual follower of Christ. I, it is, and everything, I, and I know, I know, I know I've got to make a decision, and, and I know it's got to be different. And, but here's the deal. The last thing that needs to happen in this room is for there to be some sort of weird church peer pressure and for people to make this decision and they're not ready to make the decision. So here's what what I'm going to ask us to do. I'm going to ask that if you're in this room today and you're a fully devoted follower of Christ, you say, I'm already a disciple, Lynn, and I'm already living for Jesus, then I'm going to say to you, don't get out of your seat. Stay where you are because you're going to help us not have false positives. Okay, so if you've already made this decision, you've already made the commitment, and you're living it, then just stay seated. Just stay where you are, 
Because here's what that's going to do. For the people in the room who aren't ready, and it's okay, there are people in the room who aren't ready to answer the call yet, then when they stay in their seats, no one's going to know. No one's going to know if they're fully devoted followers who are already living in full obedience or if they're just not ready yet. All the pressure is gone. But if you're in the room and you go, I need... I need to stop being casual and half in and a 90% follower, then I'm just going to invite you. I'm going to invite you to go over to the rail and turn the corner to, to grab a ribbon that represents whatever it is in your life, whether it's sin, whether it's pride, whether it's stubbornness, whatever it is, it is the thing that's keeping you from being a fully devoted follower of Christ. And I'm going to ask you to make your way up to a cross. And leave it there. Just say, whatever that thing is that's kept me from fully... I'm done. I'm done with that. And from this day forward, I'm in. I, I will serve Jesus... Whatever he asks me to do, I will do. Where he asks me to go, I, I will go. Or I will die trying. I choose. I choose to be a disciple. And you say, wait, wait, wait a minute. I, I do that. A bunch of people are going to be watching. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going to expect you to live different after today. But you know what's more important? Jesus is going to be watching. He's going to expect you to live different after today. Let's pray. Hey, dear Lord Jesus, I just, I, I just ask right now, God, it, please, if, if, if there's anyone in this room, Lord, who's not ready to make this type of decision, give, just let them sit and, and not do it and be okay. And let, let our believers in the room who've already made this commitment, let them sit and give grace to those who aren't ready so that no one will know but God for those of us in the room whose hearts are stirred right now, for those of us in the room who say I, I have been casual about my faith so long and I'm, I'm, I'm choosing today I'm choosing to be a disciple I'm choosing to be fully in for Jesus Christ. I'm choosing to take whatever it is that has slowed me down and kept me from following with all of my heart, and I am going to throw it on that cross, and I am leaving it there because I'm in. And I will serve Jesus from this day forward or die trying to honor my Lord. I choose. I choose to be a disciple. Give us the courage. In Jesus' precious name.